Since times before history, we've been gathering around our fires to tell stories. Join us as we play through multiple role-playing game systems, looking for one that's the perfect fit for our next campaign, and hopefully showing you some options that are out there for your own games. Welcome to the Fireside Stories. We should fill Jake in on, on my thoughts here on what I think happened. Um, the rest of the house seems pretty quiet. Indeed. It would seem as though there was some uh, ritual taking place in the parlor and uh, in which the doctor was uh, willingly involved. Uh, there's some evidence in the bureau to suggest that maybe this was an ongoing practice and something tonight uh, either interrupted him or otherwise it went awry. And... Uh, causing poor Amelia to flee into the woods, where, whereupon she chanced into the road and encountered me. Uh, I believe we need to report this to the authorities immediately. Should we try the phone in here? Uh, I doubt it will work without power in the storm, but uh, I don't suppose it could hurt. What is that, in, in the, the study, or is it in the, the, the parlor? Sure. Where's the phone? Let's say the phone's in the parlor. I think that's fair. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, we'll see if, uh, I mean, I think that um, modern landline phones aren't necessarily as uh, prone to um, electrical issues that could be harmful to the user uh, now, but back in the day, I mm-hmm. think that was a real thing. Because I think the phone lines carried some small amount of power to, like, power the phone right. at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so given that that's the case, um, you know, you need to be careful back then with the phone. Because it is an electrical appliance. And it, we are in the midst of a, a lightning storm. So, right. Um, you know. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll take it upon myself to carefully see if I can use the phone rather than have Jake do it because I wouldn't want to put another individual at risk in place of myself. That's not very... Uh, yeah, this isn't D&D where your right. character would do that. Right. The current character that right. I'm playing. <laughs> I've played other more noble characters. Anyways. Yeah. So I'll... I'll uh, I'll gingerly pick up the receiver, uh, alert for any telltale tingle or similar. So picking it up at first, there is nothing. And then you notice there are little moments of kind of static, but you're not really getting a connection. And then there's sort of a strange sort of chittering, wailing, growling sort of sound that you can hear. But then the line falls dead again. I see. Can I do the uh, the thing where I, you know, uh, pl- press the uh, the the cradle up and down? You yeah, know, you the little it? receiver yeah. thing. Yeah. So you do that. And Hello? Hello? The line does seem to be dead. Is anyone there? Nothing. Hang it back up again and uh, turn to Jake. The line appears dead. I won't share with him what I think I may have heard sure. over the phone. So he looks at it and he says, well, 
What now? I suppose there's nothing for it now but to head back to town and uh, apprise the townsfolk of uh, what we discovered here. Yeah, it'd be good to check in on the girl. She didn't look so good. Indeed. Also, perhaps we could use the phone at the, uh, um, the, um, it's, uh, Orchard Run Gas? Is that what it is? Yeah. I know there's Orchard a phone. Run Gas and Diner, yes. In the office. Oh, I've had to use it before. Gas station office, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Orchard Run. So, yeah, we'll head back. Okay. To the car. Um... Going back to the car, you start it up, no issues. Um, And as you start to drive down the driveway, you see something, sort of a strange glow in the trees. Mm. I say, Jake, do you see that? And as you point it out, Jake begins to tremble. He says, we got... We have to get out of here. It's, it's that dead light. Huh. Did we make it to the car yet? You're in the car. Oh, well, let's drive away. <laughs> All right. So as you start to pick up a little bit of speed, the light starts to move more quickly through the trees. You'll note on your map of Orchard Run that shows the driveway that you're on. There are two significant turns. One is the switchback that leads, in your case, away from the cottage. And the other is that quite sharp turn to get back on the road. Mm-hmm. So for the first turn, I'm going to need you to make a drive auto roll. Oh, boy. Oh, goodness. What a time to fail a roll. 84. So, yeah. All right. This turn does not go well. Did you want to push your roll? Mm. No. Okay. So the car slides into the mud. Um, it doesn't hit anything. You think that maybe with a little bit of a push, um, you can get it back on track, but you would have to get out of the car or Jake would have to get out of the car to do so. Okay. Um, so I've gunned it a few times. It seems to be a little stuck. Yes. Right. Um, I'll turn to, to Jake. Do you drive? Obviously he does because he right. was driving the pig truck, so yeah. never mind. I won't say that. Um, I'll actually uh, ask him if we'll take the wheel. Here, take the wheel. We seem to be stuck. I'll push. You drive. Hurry. We got to get out of here. Yes. Yes. When we get unstuck, wait for me to hop back in. Hop. I said hop back in. <laughs> I'm quite a tizzy. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll hop out and uh, go to the back of the car to push. All right. So... Go ahead and make a strength check just to see how quickly you can resolve the situation. All right. 11. So that is an extreme success. All right. It takes you almost no time at all. You Right now, you can't even see whatever that light was in the trees. It seems to be back behind you away. Um, and so you're able to free the car. You feel it start to move forward. And Jake does stop to make sure that you can get back in. Good, good. You want me to drive, or do you want to take back over? Uh, shove over, man. I'll drive us back, because I'm responsible for this vehicle. Yeah. So, you know, this isn't my car. All right. So, getting it back up to speed, you're turning down that main curve. You're about to get to the point where you have to turn back on the road. 
and you see the light again, and this time it's closer. Oof. And Jake begins to panic and start to claw for the wheel. I need you to make a hard drive auto roll. Ugh. Wow. Goodness, Jake. Get a hold of yourself. Oh, all right. Let's see. Okay, cool. So I rolled 29. Uh huh. My hard success is 27. Okay. So I'm going to have to burn some luck. To okay, that's lucky happy. that you're that close. Yeah. Though. Yeah. yeah. And so you're able to kind of like calmly push his hands out of the way so that you can make this very, really, it's a quite a turn to get back onto the muddy road as whatever was in the trees kind of like slinks back away from the road as you make your way back towards the orchard run gas and diner. Okay. He's like, I told you, I told you I saw something out here. Yes, I believe you. I saw it as well. I can't believe my eye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald has been known to use humor as a coping mechanism sure. from time to time. All right, so you guys are back on the road heading towards the Orchard Run Gas and Diner. Um, like I said, as you got to the main road, that strange light that you saw kind of between the trees, you didn't really get a good look at it sort of receded away from the road so i'm assuming you're heading back to the station yes okay so the the storm seems unrelenting it's continuing on um but on the main road as empty as it is you're able to keep to a relatively low speed and and travel safely back to the diner yeah I mean, it's about, what, 350 feet, so it's not... Yeah, it's not far. It's not far. Like I said, most of the drive is getting down the windy driveway. Yeah. But the road is a straight shot. Mm-hmm. And so you get back, um, you're able, you know, if you'd like, to pull in before the area where the truck is blocking the road, as it still is. Uh, right, yeah, just back in my same parking spot, okay. I think. sure. Makes the most sense. And on the way, because you talked about wanting to try a phone. Right. Um, Jake has given you a little bit more information about the layout of the gas and diner complex. So let me give you a little map so that you have some context for where you might want to be. And those just show the, the roofs are pulled forward, basically like a lid on this map. Oh, okay. So that's what you're seeing there. Is like the roof has just been chunked <laughs> off of it. Got it. But um, so it's two separate buildings that are the diner and then the office for the gas station. And then there's a third kind of wooden structure that's an old converted barn used for storage and such. Okay. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pull up. At the gas pump, like okay. I did last time. Sure. And then uh, make make my way with Jake in tow back to the diner. All right. So going back to the diner, you can see that um, Amelia is awake. Ah. And although quiet, she seems a mousy sort. And um, she's kind of sipping at a cup of something. Um and you can see everyone 
I mean, everyone's a little bit on edge. Um, the old couple has kind of settled a bit in just waiting the storm out. Um, Sam, the manager, seems to be pacing back and forth trying to figure out what to do. And Mary, the waitress, is kind of keeping at the far end of the counter, just sort of watching everyone. What would you like to do? Well, uh, I the first thing I want to do is see if I can use a phone. And I heard from Jake that there's a phone in the gas station office. Right. But I would like to discreetly inform... Um, huh. I don't know that I need to inform the adults, really. You know what I mean? I don't need to tell them... I don't need to go into detail, because I don't want to tell Amelia right now that her grandfather is dead. She might already know, but I don't know that this is the place or time for that conversation. Um, I also don't want to, you know, the, the, the old couple is a little squirrely, you know? Right. So I don't want them flying off the handle. I think the waitress might be involved and the manager just strikes me as this like cowardly busybody, you know, who might, uh, gossip about it or speculate wildly and rile things up. So, uh, I don't think that, uh, I need to go into detail with this. Okay. So, um, as we're standing in the doorway of the diner, I'd like to maybe, uh, nudge, uh, Jake and whisper to him, like, uh, I believe we should keep the details of this, uh, proceedings to ourselves. There's no need to alarm the townsfolk until we can, uh, alert the proper authorities. I don't have a dog in this fight, so I'll follow your lead on it. Thank you. Let's just remain vague on the details. We can let them know that there's been an incident and we have to use the telephone. I can let Sweet Cheeks over here know that I need a coffee because I've been out in the cold. (laughs) Uh, And Mary rolls her eyes and goes to get him a cup. Dreadful. Dreadful. (laughs) This bumpkin's manners are atrocious. Entirely lacking. All right. Um, Yeah, I'll just inform everyone. Like, if anyone seems to care, I have a a response ready. But if no one asks me, you know, I'll just... Well, you guys walk in. Um, Jake says his thing and goes and sits at the counter. And Sam kind of walks up to you almost conspiratorially. He's like, so, uh, what did you... Did you find the doctor? I don't see him with you. Yes, there's, there's been, there seems to have been an incident at the, uh, at, uh, damn it, Green, Green Orchard Falls. Green Apple Acre Cottage? Green Apple Acre. <laughs> uh, at the Web Residence? The Web Residence. That's much better. <laughs> there's been an incident at the Web Residence. I need to use the telephone immediately. Uh, I, I don't know that it'll be up, but I can certainly take you over to the office. Ah, yes. Thank you. You're too kind. All right. And he kind of gives Mary a look, like kind of the you're in charge, but also I don't trust you sort of look. (laughs) He says, I'll be right back. And uh, kind of bundles up with his little jacket and follows you out into the rain. You make your way through the storm. The lights around the diner are a welcome 
site compared to kind of the place that you just came from. And, um, you know, you make your way and he unlocks the door to the office. It's one of those kind of glass window door sort of deals. Um, and you can see there is sort of a counter to the left. There are some shelves with various like auto supplies and repair kits and oil cans and such. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he kind of leads you back around the corner to where the office is. And there's a telephone there. And he's like, I don't know that it'll be up in this weather, but I tried earlier and wasn't able to get through it, but maybe you'll have better luck than I did. Yes. Uh, thank you kindly. Uh, please excuse me, Sam. I'll uh, need some privacy for this conversation. Uh, understood. And he steps back out of the office into kind of the main front area. Okay. So now I'll try the phone. All right. So trying the phone, again, you, it starts out with a little bit of static, almost like it's trying to connect you somewhere. Um, and then it goes completely dead, and then static, and then that strange sound again, and then static. And then nothing. Okay. Huh. That sound again. Okay. Well, I'll put the phone back on the receiver. And there we go. So there's something uh, up with uh, the Sin Eater. What I can recall of reading the journal. Sure. It sounds like something has gotten out. And... Uh, needs to be returned to uh, to that coffer, but how? So the journal gives you one method, at least the method the doctor knew of, which was offering a sacrifice, basically, um, using blood to make a mark. The sin eater becomes attracted to it, um, and when it consumes it, it ends up back in the box afterwards. Um, you didn't notice anyone with that sort of mark at the location. So it looks like perhaps this wasn't, or like you said, either interrupted ritual or not a part of a ritual. Something else happened. Um, but either way, it wasn't done according to the procedure. So right now it's out. Mm. And from what you gleaned of the journal, in such cases... This is the method the doctor knows of for getting it back in the box. Um, But if that, much like Gremlins, if that isn't done by midnight on this night, December 31st, 1919, if it's not done before January 1st of 1920, then it seems that it may not be able to be returned to the box at that point and would be free. Okay. So, I mean, we have to sacrifice somebody... It seems that is one method that you've learned of so far based on the journal of the doctor, because that's how it was used. Okay. There may be other ways, but at this point you're not aware of them. Huh. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to figure that out because I can't, I can't sacrifice somebody, you know, um, In order, he speak the words and open the coffer, and the eater comes, uh, 
and burns it to a fine ash and then returns to to uh to the container okay huh uh all right yeah there there's got to be a different way to use this thing i don't know how to figure that out like is there it doesn't seem like there's a library or anything like that. Not where really. Research this. Um, I mean, you could ask Amelia what she knows about it. Um, but kind of as you're considering these options, you hear a scream from outside towards the diner. Ooh. Well, we need to uh, run towards it. And then the scream is cut short. Okay. So uh, running out of the back office. Mm-hmm. Sam looks at you and says, did you hear that? I did. We should see if anyone needs help. All right, Ed, after you. <laughs> okay. Well, of course, after me. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take off uh, running towards the scream. All right. And he comes after you. You note that he doesn't stop to lock the door or anything. He just stays with you. Um, but he kind of pauses at the main door to the diner, kind of opens it, and you see the old woman, Winifred. And she says, it's Teddy. He went to to the water closet. As you know, in many gas stations, particularly old ones, the entrance to the bathroom is on the outside of the building. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of motions towards the far end and she looks terrified. Okay. So looking at the layout here in the map, it looks like you have to go out the door on the gas station side, walk around in front of the diner and around the corner to the back to get to the bathroom. Yes. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's investigate. So rounding the corner, um, you see the door to the bathroom, the restroom is open. Um, and there is a sort of, pile slash puddle of a gray sludgy ash on the ground oh no and there's no sign of mr uh teddy brewer who came out this way yeah he seems to have been uh been burned i All think right. these are his remains and just because it's your favorite Go ahead and make a spot hidden when you have a chance. All right. Spot hidden. Shoot. 78. Okay. The rain is picked up somewhat. Um, it's hard to see anything through it. And on this side of the diner, it's a little bit darker, a little bit closer to the tree line. And you can see something kind of shimmering, waving in the distance with its own source of light. Okay. Well, I'm thinking two things right now. One, I need to retrieve the box. Two, I need to retrieve the wax that seals the box. Right. And two, A, I need to use those things to try to capture the, the light. Right. Uh in here but before i do that i'd like to push my 
spot hidden roll. Okay. It remains here. All right. I will say if you fail, then because you've stayed out here a little bit longer and a little bit away from everyone else, you're likely mm-hmm. to attract the attention of whatever this is. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Let's see what happens. Okay. Uh, not much better. 61 this time. So that's a fail. All right. So as you kind of squint through the rain into the darkness of the tree line, trying to understand what you're seeing, a light flows towards you like ink over paper, like milk um, over the surface of a saucer. It's just kind of this flowing, hovering liquid light. And it runs towards you. Mm. A bit like St. Elmo's fire, perhaps. Okay. Um, I think I need to flee back into the diner, if I can. All right. So what we will do, as it gets closer to you... Take your time. I need you to make a pow roll. All right, 67, so that is a success. You notice as you're watching this thing kind of flow like some sort of strange liquid towards you, almost for a moment it's like you're hypnotized, like mesmerized by the movement of it, and you kind of shake yourself out of it and start to run back towards the diner? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you Run. Run. I'm good at running. Yeah. And it, you're able to get back inside, like looking out the windows, you don't see it or anything at this front side of the diner. Okay. Okay. Um, but you come inside and Winifred looks at you and she says, Where, where's Teddy? Is he, is he okay? Everyone, everyone, gather around, gather around. I have news. Yeah, you have to understand. I'm, I'm a devout Christian. I'm... Teddy was as well. He should be protected. Bless you, my child. For I fear I have bad news. Is everyone gathered around at this point? Yeah, everyone. I mean, Mary is kind of in your direction, but she's staying behind the counter. That's fine. Just so long as people are in earshot. Sure. Because I want to tell everyone, it seems we are in grave danger. We're dealing with some entity that is quite lethal to human persons, and it doesn't seem to respect the will of God at this time and this dark hour. I've made a discovery at the Webb residence that suggests that perhaps there are powers at play here beyond our mortal ken, and that must be dealt with immediately. I fear Winifred, and I'd uh, take her hands in both of mine and look in her eyes earnestly, uh, turning the uh, undamaged um, right side of my face to her right. as much as possible, say... I'm afraid that Teddy is no longer with us, and he is uh, in the arms of the angels as we speak. And she becomes inconsolable, kind of stoops into a booth and starts to sob. Um, she's like, but what is what's happening? And um, Amelia looks up at you and she says, I'm sorry, stranger, father, but what's going on? Ah, yes. 
Now I'll walk over to Amelia's booth and sit down. Amelia, my dear, I am Father Britton. I encountered you on the road on my drive here, and I believe you are in quite a state. Um, you seem to have suffered a blow to the head, and I brought you here uh, in the hopes of getting medical attention, whereupon I was informed that the only nearby doctor is your own grandfather, Dr. Webb, at a nearby residence. He retired only recently. We moved out here. I see. Well, I suppose there's no... There's no way to avoid telling you. Uh, your grandfather, dear, has passed on. Oh, I... I mean, I stayed with him. He had a... A condition, a heart condition. I was helping to keep an eye on him, and so I knew it would happen at some point. But just how? I mean, why do you know that? How am I here? As I said, after encountering you on the road, almost uh, narrowly avoiding a horrific accident, I I brought you here to convalesce. Upon learning that your grandfather was a physician at a nearby cottage, I feared that maybe you had fled to uh, seek help for him in the event uh, that the worst had occurred. So I went to offer aid uh, at your residence. It turns out that uh, such aid was uh, offered too late, as what you fear had come to pass. However, there was evidence of other goings-on at the residence that uh, are putting us all in danger. It would seem as though your grandfather may have been involved with uh, some less than savory practices when it comes to uh, dealing with um, such dark powers as exist in the world. Is this anything you are aware of? Do you know anything about this? We have to deal with this, I believe, or it could spell the doom for us all. I, I mean, I've only been with him for seven months. Uh, his health hasn't been so good. I don't know a lot about his practice before that. Um, I don't know. What are you talking about? I mean, I know he had his notes and everything in his bureau. Uh, yes, yes. I see. Um, do you remember anything about this evening before before you may have fled into the woods and I came upon you. She kind of looks you straight in the face with her sort of, like, almost arresting, like, pale gray eyes that she has. Um, you know, she's looking much better than she was when you found her, and you can see that she's really trying to think about it. She says, we are, we are in the parlor... We had lit the fire. I, we were going to have tea. I, I don't remember. There, there, dear. That's quite all right. You've been through a lot, and there's, sadly, probably more to come. And at that moment... There is kind of an approaching, sort of like panicked yell from outside. Hmm. Wonder who stayed outside. And Teddy. You can see 
a person running through the rain towards the light of the diner. Okay. Not someone you recognize. Sure. Um, but Mary from kind of behind you, from behind the counter, looks out and she's like, Billy? Hmm. Okay. I will stand up. Um, and as you do, um, you see the person running this way. Um, he's a young man, probably 20 at most. Um, dressed like a, you know, a middle class sort of boy of this time. Kind of has a vest over a button down shirt. And he is running through the rain, screaming, crying. Um, he looks filthy. Um, he's, but it's an interesting thing because he's running and crying towards the diner like a child. But he's built like an ox. Huh. He's this 20-year-old bro. <laughs> okay. Just like sobbing and running towards the diner. All right. And you can see behind him some sort of flowing moat of light mm, Okay. as he runs. Yeah. So this is bad. We need to, I mean, we need to get that box, I think. That's the only thing I can think of that, that I tie to this uh, containing this thing. Right. So to get it into the box, I just don't know. I need you to make a luck roll. Luck. Here we go. Let's see if Billy is going to make it to the diner. He is. He's going to make it to the diner in stellar fashion. I rolled an 11. All right. So as he runs, the storm that continues outside um, kind of picks up in intensity. And you see that there is a strike of lightning that hits very close to the diner. Oh, okay. And as it does, strikes down, you see the kind of flowing light recoil and kind of zip back towards the safety of the tree line. Hmm. Duly noted. As Billy runs into the diner, like throws the door open, falls to the ground, sobbing. It was trying to get me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to kind of look at Mary. Does she seem to kind of make her way around the counter at yeah. all to maybe she's comfort run, him? Yeah, she's run towards the counter, and she's like, just hush, hush, everything's going to be all right. And she's like rocking him. Okay, good. Is she She's taking care of... Uh, Billy here, which is good because I got other stuff I gotta look at. Something, something bad's out there. It's gonna eat everybody. As I said, everyone, I feel we're in grave danger. The only solution I can think of lies back at the web residence. I need to return there immediately to retrieve some tools to that end. No, that's where it came from. I know, Billy, but if there's any hope for us to survive, I... I have to try. I let it out. And, uh, and he's just crying. And Mary's like, 
Shush. Just shut up. Everything's going to be fine. Hmm. Suspicious. <laughs> Roll psychology. I'm suspicious. That's that's very suspicious. Okay. Son of a bee. Uh, rolled a 75. Mm. The opposite of what I need to roll. Kind of. All I right. have to roll a 57. Do you have listen or just spot hidden? I have listen. All right. Go ahead and roll listen. All right. 19. So success? Yes. Okay. You hear Mary like lean in towards Billy. It's a hard success. Oh, a hard success. So very clearly you see her lean forward and she whispers and she has to do it a little bit loudly because he's like sobbing. And she loudly whispers like, where's Clem, Billy? Where's Clem? Oh, Clem is the guy half burned. Mm-hmm. I see. All right. Well, the time for, uh, you know, pretense and subtlety is past. It's coming down to the wire. So, um, Father Britton is somewhat emboldened, you know, by, by the circumstances. So, uh, he's going to approach Mary and Billy, um, and inform her in a loud voice so that all can hear, you know. The remains of Clem have been identified at the Webb residence. He seems to have been burned quite badly, and is, uh, and he's dead, madam. What? What? My... No. What do you know about what's going on here? All of our lives could hang in the balance. And she starts to back away from you towards the counter. Okay. She's like, I... I don't know anything. Billy and Clem are always together. And I haven't seen Clem tonight, and the storm's bad. I just... I just wanted to know where he was. And you can roll psychology if you'd like. Yeah. I need a lying cat, is what I need. <laughs> Ugh, 77. Damn it. Yeah, that's way too much to look at. Okay. I still think she's lying, but I don't know. Do I think she... I don't know. What do you think? You can certainly suspect um, that she's not telling you the truth, but you don't know how much more she might actually know. She does seem pretty panicked and confused at this point. Okay. I'll turn to to Billy and, and try to really school my... Uh, demeanor to be more comforting and gentle he looks up at you this like large man of a boy and he says is it safe inside you're safe here you're safe here billy it's it's quite all right it's i a, assure you it's a bad thing yes yes it is it's a very bad thing do you know what happened to clem billy it got him i see what what was taking place We thought, you see, they have a lot of money. And we thought, you know, it's just an old guy and some girl. And so we could go in and scare him and then they'd give it to us. Ah, I see. And I think to myself that it was a robbery gone wrong. And they were sitting by the fire and... We came in, and we had our masks, and, and I had the crowbar in case I needed to get the door open, but it was open. 
and he starts to cry. All right. I'll, I'll comfort him then. That's, that's I think, enough information. There, there, Billy. You've, you've done well uh, for now. <laughs> Led astray by the ne'er-do-well Clem. Yep. And then he looks up at Amelia and he says, She's crazy. She ran at me. Hmm. Okay. Perhaps. And Amelia just looks at him confused. Perhaps she was just um, defending her grandfather. Hmm. I don't. Gosh, I don't know. Things are not what they seem, obviously, but Amelia might not be the source of our issues here um perhaps perhaps i can get her to uh remember more about tonight with uh psychoanalysis or uh psychology sure talk to her some more yeah you could certainly utilize those skills to try to lead her through that process okay yeah i'll, I'll return to amelia then and sit, resume uh, my place opposite her in the booth. She says, I, I know that boy. He's here a lot. Yes, that that's Billy. Apparently, he is often in the company of Clem. Uh, um, Mary's boyfriend. I see. Yes, that does stand to reason. I would like to speak to you about this evening, Amelia, but I, I fear it would be quite upsetting to you. Uh, given your recent trauma, however, I feel, I feel I have no choice in the matter, as you're the only one who can help me ascertain how to help us survive this evening. I, I, I understand. Excellent. Uh, with your permission, dear, I would like to fill you in on what I've learned, and see if it may help jog your memory, and also psychobabble and stuff and things. <laughs> To help guide your mind back to where you might remember some things that might help us out. She grimaces a little bit when you men mention your psychobabble stuff and things. These seem to be words that she's familiar with, likely from her time in the sanatorium. Yeah. Boston home for hysterical girls. <laughs> or whatever That's it where was. I belong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but she kind of nods at you. And she's continuing, she has this like empty coffee mug that she's been nursing basically. And she's like playing with her necklace in her other hand. And she's, you know, in kind of very much a defensive sort of com self-comforting posture. Okay. Well, ministering to the distraught is something that I have a lot of experience with. True. So I'm going to try to calm her down. Sure. With my, uh, my calm voice. And, um, and, you know, fatherly demeanor mm -hmm. in a, in a there, there sort of way, but, you know, actually effective, hopefully. Right. And, um, I'd like to fill her in on what we discovered at, uh, at, at her home and, okay. and see if that jogs her memory. We'll start there. So as you kind of described the scene, she's like, you mean that? creepy old urn casket thing yes the very same 
Oh, some sort of family heirloom. He says that it had been passed down for generations and that I was never to touch it. This makes sense and uh, matches with what else I discovered there. Uh, your grandfather's Bible, for one, seeming to beseech the Almighty for mercy. Oh, yeah, I guess my great-great-grandfather, that was his Bible. He always said something about how, you know, doctors have to do so many things as part of their work, and so only God can decide, you know, their fate. Something like that. Yes, my child, this is true. Uh... I'd like to see if I might walk you through this evening's events to try to unlock some sort of hidden uh, meaning that you may remember about what has transpired. All right. Go ahead and psych it up. All right. You're sitting in the parlor with your grandfather. You've just lit the fire and poured the tea. And, you know, kind of walk her through what happened. Right. right? And I rolled a 26, which is very close to psychoanalysis, it is a hard success for psychology, so I don't know which one necessarily applies here. Psychoanalysis applies more. Okay. So what do you want to do? I am going to burn five points of luck. Okay. Whoops. There we go. So psychoanalysis isn't as much your strong suit as kind of the more psychology side, the reading people's reactions, understanding how to respond in the best way. But you know a little bit about talking through grief and and dealing with the more traumatic issues as well. And so you're able to leverage that experience to kind of lull her, not into a true hypnotic state, that's its own skill, Um, but into like a, a state where she can kind of reach back and maybe see what's going on. And you see her face change Mm. as you walk her through this scenario. And she begins to narrate kind of the events of the evening as she remembers them. Okay. So they're sitting in the parlor about to pour the tea and the door opens. And so I stand up. And two men with masks come in, and one of them has a gun. And the other one has a metal bar. And they scream that they want the money. My grandfather fumbles with his watch. That's where he has his key for the bureau. And the men look twitchy, and one of them lowers the shotgun and it's pointing at my grandfather and he looks towards the the box and the man looks at the box and he's about to go for it and my grandfather stands up to stop him and the gun goes off and then I ran forward at the other one I was screaming And I think he hit me in the head. And then I remember hearing something fall. And then there was a light. And one of the men started screaming. And I started running. 
Yes, I see. You're doing well, Amelia. I'm sorry to make you do this. They... Is whatever's doing this, did it come out of the box? I believe so, yes. It must be returned to the box. However, what I've learned is the only way to return it to the box is to lure it to the box after a sacrifice. Or with a sacrifice, I guess. Hopefully there's another way. I just, I can't believe my grandfather would be involved in such things. It is shocking. Sometimes those we hold most dear are those we know the least. After all, family, friends, and lovers lie constantly caught in the web of regard as they are. I, I don't know. That thing's always given me nightmares. My grandfather lived in Bolton... Anytime I'd stay with him, I'd have bad dreams, and it happened again when I moved out here. Hmm. I can understand how living, eating, sleeping in proximity to such a thing could cause such night terrors. Uh, perhaps we can put this to rest. Uh, if only we can figure out a way to return it to the box without sacrifice. Well, I'm sure you can think of something. You seem to have a better handle on this than anyone else, but it sounds like you need that thing, the box, first. We need the box, and the wax, and the journal, and we must return the creature to the box. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go with you. While I fear for your safety, I fear that we must do all we can for... If this evil is unleashed upon the world, there's no telling what it might wreak, how far it may spread. He scratches at uh, his half mustache that matches the mustache on his facial prosthesis. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, he'll stand up and uh, take Amelia by the hand to like help her stand up next to him mm-hmm. as well so like, that we it, can... It was my job to make sure that he was okay and I failed I don't think you failed anything there was nothing you could do it was very brave of you Amelia you've done quite well and she gets kind of a determined line to her lips she's uh sets her jaw and Jake looks back at you and he says are you seriously going back out there you saw that thing I did and I fear if we don't stop it here it may be unleashed upon the world Based on what I've read in Dr. Webb's journal, if it's not returned to the box by midnight, it could be, it could wreak havoc upon the countryside, the state, perhaps even the world. All right. Well, let's see how Jake handles that. He's a delicate sort. Mm-hmm. He actually does okay with it. He says, you're crazy, but if you're not back here soon, I guess I'll just... I have to see what I can do to pack up my pigs and get out of here. That would be advisable. I would advise all of you, if we, aren't, if we don't return by midnight, you should seriously consider fleeing. And looking around the room, it's, it would be comical if this wasn't such a horrid situation. 
how ill-equipped these people seem to be to survive. Mm-hmm. Let's say, you know, that's most people for you, though. Yeah. So that's okay. And I, as, as though it has just occurred to me, ah, also, Mary, I'm very sorry for your loss. I, I have heard some disheartening things about Clem, but we, we are all sinners who live in hope of forgiveness, and I just want you to know that uh, it does seem as though uh, Clem has passed, but he did carry this with him, and perhaps it can give you some small comfort in your time of grief. And I'll hand her the uh, folded-up photo of her that he had. And she looks down at it, and I'd say go ahead and roll psychology. Hey, all right. 22, which is a hard success. She seems almost scared that there's some physical thing that links her to whatever is going on here. Hmm, I see. Quite self-centered, aren't you, Mary? Um... (laughs) Gentle and effective. (laughs) Um... So rather than giving her comfort, it seems to discomfort her somewhat. Yes. Okay. Um, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if I should try to make her come with us. Is what I wonder. Um, Aha! I will propose the idea and try to gauge her reaction. All right, so what are you saying to her? I'm going to look her full in the face Mm -hmm. to take advantage of my somewhat disconcerting, off-putting appearance. And say to her, you should come with us. It would seem you bear some responsibility in this situation. Right? Are you rolling psychology to kind of translate her response? Yeah, I want to gauge her response sure. and see how she reacts to that to see if she has something to hide or whatever. All right. Uh, but that is a 64, and I don't know if I want to burn more luck right now. Okay. Because that would be seven points. All right. And that would take me down to 66. All right, so she kind of looks at you and she says, there's, there's no way I'm going out there in this with whatever is going on. And I don't even know that you know the truth of it anyway. I mean, who are you even? And she goes back behind the counter. Yeah, she basically told me what a fine hill of beans. Yeah. And went back to her job pouring coffee for nobody. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, there's really nothing for it. Me and Amelia and Jake are going to have to head back. Wait, did Jake say he was going back? No, he did not want to go back out in this. Gotcha. He thinks you're crazy. I see. All right. Well, I suppose it's just me and the young girl. All the strong men should stay here and be safe. Try to shame them into going a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to roll something for that? Yeah, I mean, uh, what is that? Uh, provoke? Is that in the no? That's no. that's eclipse phase. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with fireside stories, you play a lot of different systems, and sometimes they bleed together a little bit. 
Uh, so it wouldn't be intimidate. It's it's kind of. Are you going like fast talk or persuade sort of charm? Mm, not really charm. Not really charm. It'd either be fast talk or persuade. Let's do persuade. Okay. If that's allowable. Yeah. All right. We have a 10 and a zero. So we got uh, my first hundred roll. First critical fail. I think. Yeah. All right. Jake gets up. And swings one of his meat fists at you. Oh, okay. Cool. This is how Jake solves problems. Fantastic. Well, he'll find me no shrinking flower, sir. So uh, I'm going to fight back with brawl. Oh, you're going to fight back instead of dodging? Uh, yeah, I, okay. I would like to maybe not necessarily, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, hurt him. But I think that if I can maybe, um, you know... So it's it starts with a dodge, but it's a uh, you know dodge and then a like you know perhaps a uh, push or similar okay. into like I could have counterpunched you, but instead I just pushed you in the way you were your your momentum was taking you. Yeah, I think you can. Let's do it that way. So it's not dodging; you are fighting. Right, but I'm like pulling the punch because I don't want to like. Escalate. No, it's I fine just, that you're choosing not to really yeah, damage him, but right. it's still you're fighting back rather than avoiding. Right, right. Because right. I want to send the message. Like, don't, you know, don't fuck with me, man. I might be a priest, but, I'm, you know, I'm not that kind of priest. I'll right. fuck you up. <laughs> like, so you guys are basically going to both roll your fighting brawl. Okay. And we're going to compare the level of success that you got. All right, here we go. Don't fail me now, dice. Oh, they failed me hardcore. <laughs> yeah. 89. Oh, God. yeah. So you got a failure. Damn. Right? Yes. Big time. And he got a regular success. Okay. So his success was better than your success. So he's going to land his punch. Poof. Um, and he's a, a beefy dude. So let's see. He does three damage. Okay. As he... I mean, it's kind of just, it's a haymaker, you know? Sure. He's offended, especially because, and you've started to learn this about Jake, he's a bit sexist. Mm-hmm. And so kind of comparing him to the bravery of a woman. Okay. He. So comparing his bravery to that of a woman, he just sort of lost it. Sure. And took a swing at you. So it's not the most damage you've ever sustained, mm-hmm. but um, let's make a luck roll to see if he knocks your prosthesis off. I was going to say, God, I hope he knocks the, my prosthesis off because that would just be so cool. All right. Uh, okay. Well, now I roll a five, of course. So you make it? Yes. Big time. So he hits you. And you don't go toppling, you don't go flying. It's nothing dramatic. And it's almost more damaging to his kind of bravado because you take it and you turn towards him and you kind of just straighten your prosthesis and just, you know. I can say something taunting to him maybe. It's like, oh, well, you seem to be quite adept at beating up crippled war veterans. And he 
picks up his shotgun and his jug. Mm-hmm. He walks out into the night. Good riddance. All right. What do you want to do? Well, it's up to me and Amelia now. True. Because Billy's a half-wit. <laughs> he's not very smart what, right what now. would he have been called back then not offensively and clinically he would have been like an idiot or something like that or... well you also think that maybe he's kind of lost it ah i see you don't think he's normally like this oh okay he's kind of reverted yeah back to a childlike state which is a thing that mm-hmm. can happen in in the face of severe mental trauma so um okay uh yeah, there's really no one else because Mary's not going to come with us. Billy would be useless. Right. Um, Jake just got mad and took a swing at the deacon and then walked off into the night. Right. Um, and the widow, <laughs> the recently widowed Winifred, is uh, just a, a pile of hysterics. Yes. And Sam is quite cowardly. He is. So it's just me. It's just me and you, kid. Uh, Amelia. All right. Well, casting an eye around the room and particularly being as, uh, judgy as I can as a priest and scornful of Mary's behavior, um, we will head out to my car. Okay. So heading out to your car, Amelia just quickly gets herself into the passenger seat um, like kind of moves the papers aside and, um, you see Jake going for his truck and working to free it from the mud. Sure. Okay. No problem there. All right. I'm going to let him go. All right. Because he doesn't really have anything that could help. I don't think, hmm. you know, and I'm pretty sure our relationship is damaged beyond any immediate repair only time could help but time's not a tool we have at our disposal right now so you begin to drive away back towards the cottage yes and as you do you hear through the rain a scream behind you you see light zipping through the trees towards the cabin of the stuck truck and there is like a rattle and a shake and then silence and things go dim. All right, but you are a bit away at this point. So, still heading to the cottage? Yes. Okay. Not going to go back. I think uh, the light ate Jake just now. So. All right. So, you are making the drive. It's... A little bit uneventful. It seems that there is a bit of a distraction for your leaving, um, aiding in that to occur. And back at the cottage, um, Mila is comfortable getting out of the car um, and heading in. And you see her try the switch. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, the generator must be off. Yeah. Yes, I tried to repair it, but it was unsuccessful. Perhaps uh, with your help, we can both manage to restore the generator for it seems as though uh, electricity keeps this uh, entity at bay. Interesting. Well, it's a a really new generator, but it does seem finicky. I I could certainly help you with it. 
Let's see to that first and then collect the box. All right. So heading down into the basement. I want you to go ahead and make a luck roll. 59. So yes. Okay. So you head down into the cellar where the generator is. And now go ahead and roll your mechanical repair skill with a bonus die. So in your case, since you don't have extra dice, roll your tens twice. Use the lower result. Okay. Can do. All right. 91. And 11. Hey. Fantastic. Uh, Let's see. Mechanical repair. 11 is just a hard success. All right. Really close to an extreme success, though. So I wonder if I should burn a little luck here to get it to an extreme success. Can you do that? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes there's rules where, like, you can't use luck to make it an extreme success or whatever. You I don't know. You can't use luck in combat, and you can't use it on a push roll. Got it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be worth it because it's only three points, right? Right. To get it to extreme success. And this generator might be important given that electricity keeps this thing at bay. Right. You know, so I don't want it to sputter out at at a crucial moment. So let's go ahead and uh, burn those three luck points to get a extreme success on our mechanical repair of the generator. Okay. So you do so it, um, you know, fires up, um, comes to life for you. And you note as you're working through it, because Amelia is able to help you kind of with the the strange sort of, you know, it has its own quirks, this newfangled machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it's running, you notice that it's like, it's almost like a spared no expense sort of thing. Uh-huh. Either by choice or by convincing of a good salesman. Dr. Webb bought a generator that is way more than what is necessary to power this little cottage. Okay. And your understanding of it now is such that you think if you wanted to do something with it um, to kind of make something for your own ends or something like that, you could certainly utilize it in that way. Okay. So there's going to be a lot of power and electricity kind of... uh... like I said, affects this thing. The lightning strike sort of drove it away. Right. Right. But I don't know how to necessarily direct electricity to direct this thing. So uh, what I think is perhaps if I can, if we can turn the lights off and we can somehow lure this, this uh, entity towards us, Right. Right. Then if we can turn the lights back on, you know, then perhaps, you know, I don't know if the the lights will make it flee or if there needs to be like actual like electricity to like make it flee, you know, but I don't know if I have like a, a wire or something like that to make the sparks or something like that. I don't know. Um, well, you could definitely try to set something up like that. Yeah. It'd be up to you. I think, yeah, now that we have power to the house, let's go back up stairs, retrieve the journal, and 
uh, retrieve the wax. Okay. And set the box back up, you know, so that it can easily be shut. Right. You know, and and then ready to seal. Okay. Uh, and as I'm retrieving all this stuff, uh, I'd like to fill in Amelia with my thoughts on the plan. So you kind of let her know what you saw with the lightning mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, did you want to make sort of an an intelligence role? I would say it's more of an idea role, though. Yeah. To see kind of what you may have internalized about the behavior of this thing. Right. Like, Obviously, the downside being that it could have a bit of an effect on your sanity, like really thinking about this alien predator. Hey, that's that's okay. Okay. Because you got to do what you got to do. Sure. To survive. And also to save the world, really. It's important. So. Right. Um, yeah. Knowing what I've, you know, gathered so far. Sure. Uh, I'd like to see if I can devise a trap for this thing. And I guess that's an idea role, like you said. Right? Well, I'm, I'm letting you do it in this case to just give you some more information if you want to risk it. Okay. Cool. okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. That's a 75, and my int is 80, and I think that's also my idea score, right? Right. Is that how that works? Okay, cool. So, yes, that is a success. So, with a shutter, you kind of think through what you've seen of this thing so far. Mm-hmm. Um... At first, only seeing it appear in dark places and then seeing it get closer to the diner. At first, though, only on the dark side of the diner where there's no light mm-hmm. close to the tree line. Um, and then approaching the diner, but not quite getting to it when it was chasing Billy, but the lightning struck. So it was hard to tell how close it would get. And then in the dark cab of the cattle truck, um, outside of the diner, but it does seem to kind of keep this perimeter out of the light when it can. Um, so you know that it seems to be at least discomfited by bright light, Okay. but it definitely recoils from electricity or in the case of the lightning strike, a very strong electrical charge. Um, you don't know how much you can utilize that or to what end, cause you haven't seen it, um, how it works exactly. But the other thing you've noticed about it, and this is really what starts to send your mind reeling a little bit, is that it's very much like what you've heard of sharks. It seems to be attracted to the thrashing, emotional panic of those in the area. It can almost sniff that sort of thing out. Okay. Huh. All right. Well... I think we should do this here and now not go back to the diner to try and trap this thing um so we're gonna need in any trap we're gonna need a mechanism to trap it so and we're gonna need um bait as well so um Either I can act as the bait 
And see, what I was initially thinking is that you would draw the, like, spiral symbol on your own forehead with your own blood mm. to lure the thing oh. to do what it's supposed to do. Danger. Right? Yeah. And then when it comes in, you know, flip the switch, right? And hopefully it would retreat to the box and then you could shut it. Right. Right? Okay. So the trap I'm thinking of is going to be get it in here, flip the switch, close the box. Right. Right. Um, but given that that's, you know, not, uh, I, I, I don't know that that would necessarily be the best bait. The best bait might be, um, like you said, uh, distress. You know, emotional distress. Well, you know that saying the words and making the mark would also work as well. Um, you just don't know. You you would potentially have to work really quickly to prevent it from completing its task at that point. Right. You do run the risk of sacrificing someone still. Right. Or well, yourself. I, yeah, I would do it to myself. I wouldn't put anyone there in place of me. That's just not... That's just not proper. You wouldn't do that. Um but I think if we can do it with emotional distress as bait, then um, that would be less risky. Okay. You know, although it does seem like it, if it's drawn to you, it, it does consume you and leave only ash either way. So. You do take two sanity loss for your kind of delving into that mind space yeah contemplating what's going on here okay well i think i think my mental fortitude in the face of this kind of stuff is gonna be higher than amelia's right so i mean it pains me from a moral point of view right to try to provoke an emotional response from her to lure are this Are you telling in. her the plan or are you going to trick her into it? Oh, I'm going to tell her. I'm, okay. But I'm thinking this right now. Right. And then it's my intention to be upfront with her. Okay. Right? Sure. Um, but I can help, you know, upset her if she needs that help, you know. Right. But I'll fill her in on the plan. That It's like we have the box, we have the wax, we have light and i think that if we throw on lights what we need to do is get it as bright as possible in here we need to move every lamp every bulb every everything into this room okay and so it's as bright as possible okay and then then dear girl we need to lure the creature in and once it's here throw the switch to turn the lights back on having turned them off previously right so it comes in for the bait which I already explained to her. Right. But not what the bait is yet. Right. Uh, and throwing the switch, hopefully it will flee to the nearest safe haven, its box, whereupon I will slam the lid shut and seal it with the wax as quickly as I possibly can. However, this leads us to the necessity of bait. I feel we have two options. One, we could commence the ritual. I would myself the bait in this point i would use my own blood and say the words to draw it in uh however that would leave you to flip the switch uh 
If we fail, I believe my life would be forfeit. The other option we have is to lure it in with emotional distress. If you can induce a state in yourself to where you're nearly hysterical with uh, um, dismay, <laughs> then perhaps the creature would come seeking that out in the darkness of the home, whereupon when it enters the room, then I will flip the switch myself and slam the lid shut on the box. She sort of nods solemnly. I made an in roll for her as well. Mm-hmm. She did really well. Oh, nice. So she says, put me in the room with my grandfather. I think I can make something happen. My only recommendation is that perhaps we set up the lights facing into the room so it has a hard time retreating out. Brilliant. Brilliant, dear girl. Yes. Let's, let's set our trap uh, post-haste. All right. So I need you, and Amelia's helping you, mm-hmm. so you may have a bonus die. Okay. But you need to use your repair skill to try to rig up. Are you rigging up more power, or are you just moving lights and stuff like that? What are you doing exactly? We're, we're moving lights okay. so that all the lights in the house, as much as possible, are concentrated in this room. And sure. And shining into the room like she suggested. Right. So I'll say, go ahead and just make an int roll, just to give me an idea of the quality of your placement. Okay. And how quickly you work. Right. We could also use uh, any mirrors in the house that we can move as well. Yeah. To to help focus and concentrate the light as much as possible. Okay. That's a 24. Okay. So on int, that is a hard success. Okay. Awesome. Did you roll your bonus die as well? I did not. Just in case it's... An extreme. It is not. Okay. It is much worse. Okay. (laughs) So you get it set up actually pretty quickly. You do a quick test. Everything looks good. And then you turn off the lights. And then turn them back on. Right. You know, give them some flashes like, oh, this seems to work. Right. Okay. So I'm by the light switch in the, the parlor, right? Okay. With the box. Yes. And the idea is that the light switch is probably by the door, right? Right. So um, just looking at the map of the residence, okay, um, if we're both looking at it, there's the, the there's a circle, which I'm guessing is a small table in the middle of this reception room, right? Right. And there's a light switch, I'm guessing, in that area, right? Okay. So I'd like to move that table over to near the light switch and put the box on it and open, right? So that if, um, so that the open front of the box is facing the interior of the room, but as close to that wall near the door as possible. Right. So that I can um, conceivably, right at the right moment, flip the lights on and then observe the thing returning to the box and slam it shut. Like I'll have everything within arm's reach so that I can do this. Okay. Is my idea. Yeah. If only you could split your dice pool like a werewolf. Oh, right. <laughs> I'll have to flip the lights on and wait. Then it's my turn again. Then 
slam the lid shut and yep. then wait again and then start sealing it with the wax. Right. Yep. That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. She's not in the room with me yet. I mean, I've been kind of working in here mostly with her help locating right. items. Yeah. Because as soon as she comes in here, she's going to start working herself up and do a tizzy. Yeah. Okay. After we Technical turn, term. After we turn the lights, uh, lights off. Right. Okay. Yeah, with only the flashes of lightning at that point, it's going to be quite spooky. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are right, about ready? Yeah. You think? Sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's do this. All right. So, in the darkness, Amelia walks into the room, and it takes a moment for her eyes to adjust. Mm-hmm. And she sees her grandfather shot in the shoulder, slumped in his chair. Um, the man that she was supposed to take care of in his declining health. Um, and the man that she stayed with because most of her other family thought she was too odd, too crazy to marry her off or keep her around. And he was always kind of gentle with her. And so she walks into the room. And she kneels next to his chair. And you can hear her kind of whispering to him, apologizing over and over again. And she's crying. And the storm continues, although it's, you know, not as loud inside the cottage. And after a few minutes of just listening and watching as the light flashes in periodically, you start to notice a trickling of light not coming through the door. Well, part of it coming through the door. It starts to ooze in over the threshold from the front door. Mm-hmm. And then you see more of it oozing in through cracks in the window sills and moving through cracks in the floor and coalescing up behind her where she's kneeling. And it looks as it coalesces a little bit like this as it starts to kind of shine down on where she is kind of putting a spotlight on her with its horrid visage can we just take a moment and look at this thing and go <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> what what is happening so um oh that's horrible I would like you to make a sanity roll. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might need to make two sanity rolls. That that artwork is exquisite. Okay. Um, a five. Suck it. All right, so you lose one sanity. I'll add that to my little sheet. And you see it kind of looming down over her, and she doesn't even seem to notice it. Mm-hmm. And then... So is it at any time to flip the switch? I mean, I mean it seems like it. It's there. It really there. seems like it. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to just stand here watching this like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You can interrupt <laughs> like, me at any time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I need to flip the switch. <laughs> sure. You flip the switch and it fails. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, you got a bunch of hard successes and stuff. You're all good. So you flip the switch... It's blinding. I mean, you kind of lose where it is for a moment. And it does seem extraordinarily weakened in this bright light. 
Um, so I have to make a roll for it to see how it does with all this light. It fails. It's con check, which oh, no. is what it needs to do in this case. I see. And so let's see. Uh, you see it kind of recoil, obviously, as your eyes adjust to the light. It seems almost pale and faded. Um, and it's making a sound very similar to what you were hearing over the phone. Yeah. And you see it kind of just, because it sort of coalesced into an almost humanoid sort of form, as you saw. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just splashes out of that form and runs slash zigzags towards the box. Oh, thank God. (laughs) All right. But since you've been holding the box or it's been near you for a while, Mm -hmm. um, I do need you to make another sanity roll. Okay. You actually find yourself feeling like physically sick from being near this thing. Yeah. Here we go. All right. This was a sanity? Yes. Okay. 45. So. Still success? Yes. All right. But you lose one more. I'm managing to hold it together. All right. And the box is sort of shaking and rocking in your hand. What would you like to do? I mean, I need to wait for the thing to get in the box. It seems like it's mostly like it's very quickly, like kind of splashed out of its form and then like almost lightning like moved into the box. Like it's last trailing elements, tendrils are kind of working their way in. I'm going to hold it as long as I can to get as much of it in. Right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll slam the lid shut. All right. With, not with all my strength, because if I slam it shut with all my strength and the box shatters. Like, <laughs> but I feel well, like it is a metal. It's, it's yeah. metal. Yeah. It's lead lined. Yes. It's pretty sturdy all and right. heavy. I do want to have you make a strength check, though, to see if you can hold it closed. Okay. Yeah. And the wax is like, I don't know if it's on the table next to it right. or like... I don't remember where I put that, so I might have to, I don't know. Let's see. I have Amelia make a roll. Okay. Okay. So I did roll a 23. I got a hard success on my strength check. All right. So you are, it's like rattling in your hands, and you can hear the creature inside, like screeching. Um, What do you want to do? Um, So I, I have like my hands full holding this box shut. Right. Right. So I have to shout for Amelia to seal it with the wax. Right. Right. Amelia, the wax, seal the box, seal it shut, Amelia. She looks up like she was in a daze. Like she's not even aware the lights have come back on. And we'll see. Yeah. So she um, like shakes her head, comes back to reality, runs to the table and like it's just grabbing the ointment in her hands and just smearing it like across yeah. the the no, lip of the box. No need. Yeah, you're not decorating the cake. <laughs> you know, like just slather it on there, man. 
Pile it on, man. Pile it on. And the shaking stops. And outside, it sounds like the storm almost starts to subside. And she says, well, what do we do with it now? We can't leave it for someone to find. No, of course not. I'm going to gather this evidence and take it into the control of the church. I'll return it to my bishop, and he can um, convene with the uh, archdiocese and perhaps even the Vatican to determine what needs to be done next to contain this artifact. So I'm going to take the journal, the Bible, the box, the wax, right. basically everything that has surrounds this artifact, right? Right. With me. Okay. And, uh, I mean, it's sealed with wax and stuff like that, and that's all good and whatever, but I feel like it fell over and busted open, and this thing came out and attacked the nearest, you know, person, which was Clem, burnt him halfway before it ran off into the night is what seems like happened. So Yeah, it does sound that way. I would like to bind this thing shut with more mundane means. Like okay. the wax is there as sort of a magical quote unquote seal. Right. You know, although the church does not acknowledge or condone the existence of magic. <laughs> right. Um, but but it's there as a uh, occult type of seal, not a physical seal. So to prevent it spilling open, right? Right. I'm going to seal it with strips of cloth or maybe a leather belt from the late doctor's wardrobe, perhaps. Okay. So, yeah, you're, you're taking some time to just secure it as best you can. Yes. Okay. And so you are able to do so, um, you know, to the best of your ability. But let's go ahead and, I don't know, let's just make a general int check just to see, like, you know being smart about your knots and what you're using and things like that to secure mm -hmm. it well. Yeah, I feel like a belt would be best, mm -hmm. you know, because I can just make a new hole in it with a knife from the kitchen and, and strap it shut with leather strapping if there's a couple of belts. Oh, man. <laughs> Maybe not, though. 99. And that's not something significant in this system like it is in the other one, right? Well... If you look at your character sheet in your cheaty sheet area, oh yes, it does give you kind of depending on the skill, it mm -hmm. changes where your crit fail range is. I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fumble is one hundred slash ninety six plus. Fail is yeah. So that's a fumble. So how high is your skill that we were rolling against? Eighty. Okay. Then it's only on a hundred then that you would fumble it. It's the lower range if the skill is low. So Got you're it. good. Okay. It's a regular fumble. I didn't knock it off the table and it blasted open and the thing comes out again. <laughs> <laughs> like, burns my and legs you all off. die. The <laughs> end. Burns my legs off, chases Amelia into the woods, and yeah. Right. So Amelia looks up at you and she says, I, I don't have a place here. Is there any way I could go with you? Um, if if you want, I suppose you could definitely uh, return with me to the church. They take all kinds. Said gently, touch my prosthetic, almost unconsciously. Right. 
and she like kind of nods and as you kind of finish up this sort of silent exchange you hear the grandfather clock in the room with you chime midnight so you just barely were able to get this all together in time Hmm, that was close so as far as the I mean, we have to return back to the diner, let everyone know that they're safe now. Right. That I am... It got out of the box. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm returning with the artifacts related to this incident to the church so that they can deal with it appropriately. Um, They need to contact the authorities because there has been... You know, there have been deaths, you know, um, most notably of uh, Terry um, Woodward or whatever his name was, Winifred's husband. Oh, uh, Teddy. Mm-hmm. Teddy. Jake, the uh, Jake, the pig farmer, uh, Clem, the ne'er-do-well, uh, and Dr. Webb. Right. And I would also like to leave my contact information, you know, where I can be found in Boston in my full name and so on, uh, because I'm not fleeing the scene of a crime. Right. You know, uh, I'm telling them, call the police as soon as the phone is working again. Tell them what you know. This is my contact information and where I am if they want to talk to me because, you know, I, I was involved, you know, but I'm a witness, not a perpetrator, and I wish to cooperate with them fully if there's going to be an investigation. All right. Uh, but this thing is too dangerous to just leave it laying around, you know, while the local bumpkin cops, you know, fucking fumble around and fuck it up all the time. Um, not to say that rural cops are bad folks, just in this fiction is all I'm saying. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that Amelia has elected to return with me, perhaps to pursue, um, you know, a life with, with involved with the church or seeking suker or who knows. I don't know. All right. So the weather clears. Are you heading straight back to Boston or are you going up to your original destination? Oh, no, no. I, I can't make my yeah, original appointment. appointment now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not only is it too late, you know, it's the middle of the night, you know. Um, and so my appointment time has passed. I missed it already. Right. Uh, but I have this thing that needs to be dealt with. Right. So you so. take it back to Boston with Amelia in the car with you. Mm-hmm. Um, a few days later, you are contacted by the authorities. Do you tell them the, the real story? Um, no, I won't tell them the whole story. I'll tell them that I witnessed... Um, what seemed to be, you know, I'll tell them I encountered the hysterical young lady on the road, that I took her to the diner, that the people at the diner recognized her and told me who she was, and that based on that information, I surmised that perhaps her grandfather was in need of assistance uh, because something went down. And based on that, uh, I went back to the cottage, right? And... uh came upon the scene 
of what seems to be a robbery gone wrong, right? Okay. And then um, looking around to just to see if there were any, you know, perpetrators or whatnot still on the premises, you know, just for safety's sake, um, I did find some artifacts on the premises that fell clearly within the domain of the church. So I took it upon myself to remove those for everyone's safety because um, it seems as though someone, perhaps the robbers, you know, who knows, was uh, dabbling in arts um, best left undisturbed and that they did not understand. So I, I took those back to the church, and if they absolutely need more information, they can take it up with, uh, with my, you know, management chain of command. Right. And so, like, you know, at your story, like, they kind of roll their eyes, take some notes, but they do write down who you tell them to contact to follow up on the things that you might have taken. Yeah. But it's obvious, like, you know, they're like, oh, priests and their mumbo jumbo sort of stuff. You found some trinkets. Yeah. (laughs) Thought it was something special. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. And so you are now more aware of these kind of horrors that are in the world. But for the most part, life goes on as usual. You are sent to more locations to deal with things. But what you find in this area is over time, what you get sent to seems darker and stranger. And now you have sort of a different mind for understanding the things that might be going on behind what you're hearing. Hmm. And we'll leave with this little vignette. Dark in the cellars and strange sepulchral places under the Archdiocese of Boston. Your archbishop hands a box secured with a belt to a man all in black, but wearing the white collar of a priest. And he says, Father, I think you know that there is a use for this. And the man says, of course. I will utilize it only in the ways that are ordained and decided beyond ourselves. He says, as I would suspect, go in peace. And that's where we'll wrap it up. <laughs> Man. All right. That's, uh, that's all, that's all, uh, that's all Gerald could do really is, you know, trust in his chain of command. And it was called a sin eater. So he might suspect that, uh, you know, they would end up using this thing rather than destroying it. But that was not his call to make, man. Right. So. Yeah, no. I, I, th- I think, you know, you played the character well. Thank you. All right. Well, that's our little one shot um, that you were able to successfully deal with before the clock struck midnight in this case. And just barely. I'm coming around to noir, though. I used to find it frustrating, and you're making it fun, so... Kudos. Well done. All right. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed this special 
holiday edition for New Year's um, and that you can give it a listen. Maybe if you're having a night in because like us, the weather is absolutely frightful. Um, or if you're listening to it to, as a way to ring in a spooky new year after um, the calendar has changed over to 2019. Either way, we hope that you enjoyed this one and we will see you in 2019 with more fireside stories and sneaky preview, a campaign length game that we have yet to announce. So keep an eye out for that as well. Wow. Even I don't know about that. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, we hope you guys had a wonderful New Year's Eve and that 2019 treats you well. Um, Don't forget to check the description for all the places that you can interact with us and let us know what you think of the episode. Um, You know, otherwise, you know, until next time, spend your rage wisely. Or your luck or your sanity.